0: There's a saying in Greek that says, "Vríka me papa, astapsu metu zondanus. For those who know this idiomatic expression, you found the priest, do a baptism, do a wedding, do a trisayo, do a 40-day memorial, do uh, everything that we can. And this is indeed the life of the church. That's why we're here. We are with people at the beginning of their lives. We're at the middle of their lives. at the end of their lives, and God willing will be with them after their lives in the kingdom of our Lord. And today, I was thinking about the gospel. And as I read the passage, you know, sometimes if I showed everyone in this church this morning a picture, and I told you all to write down what you see, chances are all of you would write something different your, if i said to you describe what just happened all of you would slightly focus in on things that were more meaningful to you more kind of drawing your attention inevitably that's the way things work so when you read a bible passage you may read a bible passage a million times and then all of a sudden you read it again and something else jumps out and i thought of this morning for those who were here to hear the gospel it's the famous calling of the first four disciples Peter Andrew James and John the sons of Zebedee as it's recorded in the Gospel of Matthew and you see as Gregory alluded to in his children's sermon you see the disciples mending their nets but what struck me today is that it's like a family business you have two brothers Andrew and Peter working their nets. You have another two brothers with their dad, they're working their nets. And what a beautiful image that the Gospel writer captures of being with your family and working together. I thought just to share that as an intro to my words this morning as it struck me. Now we have to assume that our Lord doesn't just by chance go walking around. Remember that the disciples of our Lord were whose disciples? John the Baptist. We read that in the Gospels. And so John the Baptist now has been taken away from them. And our Lord goes walking down to the the sea area, and he sees Peter and Andrew mending their nets. He sees John and James in the boat with their dad, they also are mending their nets. So it's not by accident that the Lord walks down that way. And it's because He could see their ripeness, their readiness to respond to His call. And so we see in the Gospel, it says, follow me, the Lord says and I will make you fishers of men. And it says, immediately, they left everything and followed Jesus. Following Jesus, my beloved friends, is a lifelong love affair. We are called to love Jesus throughout our whole life. And it's a lifelong commitment to follow Christ. And in the beginning, when Christ comes to us and calls us, we're all very enthusiastic. We're putting in the time. We're coming on Sundays. We're fasting. We're reading the Bible. We're, we have an appetite to be with Christ. And we we are so eager to hear what a priest has to say or what a preacher has to say and we seek out books but it's just like our married lives when we first meet our spouses for those who are married forgive me if you're not I'll use this analogy there's nothing wrong they can do all you want to do is spend time with them you, your husband is the, God's gift to the world your wife is the best person you've ever met You never get tired with her. You never can stop listening to her. You want to spend every moment with her because you're in love. And then what happens? The same thing that happens with our relationship with God. The love notes fade away. The roses start to wither, if you get any. And then the struggles of life hit us. And they start to wear on us, and what happens? We forget our first love. Isn't it true? The struggles of life start to wear on us, and we forget our first love. And what did Jesus say to us? Hold on, because I hope you're listening from last week. He said clearly last week. Remember, we said he was not holding back last week. He clearly said, if you love mother, father, brother, sister, wife, husband more than me, guess what? You're not worthy of me. And if you don't confess me in front of people, guess what? I won't confess you in front of my Father in heaven. And the Lord said, love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul. This is the greatest of all the commandments. So, When Christ is not our number one, and the struggles of life start to hit us, he begins to be reduced to number four on the list, number five on the list, number 10 on the list, and we forget our first love. When we do commit ourselves to Christ, you can await a couple of things for sure, especially the younger people here this morning. The moment you commit yourself to Christ, you can expect to be criticized. Because let's face it, people love the world. People love the good life, quote-unquote. People love the security that money and material things give us. It's natural. But when they begin to see in you that bond that you have with Christ, that you're a follower of him, then things start to change. You're not so interested in their lifestyles. You're not so interested. And this can become the bling-bling leads you nowhere. And God said it. You cannot love love God and mammon. You can't have two loves, can you? Can I be married to my wife and have another love? That's an act of infidelity. Can I say I'm with Christ and at the same time be married to other things? I don't think so. And look at how Christ did it. He said, come follow me. Come follow me, not someone else. The first step, as he said, is not in a physical way. I walk the path that Jesus just walked like that way, and then I made it right over there. When Christ said to the disciples, come follow me, he was really saying, come and follow the life I live. Come and let your life reflect your faith in me. And what does it mean to walk like Christ? It means to have the ears that Christ has, to hear people. What does it mean to have the eyes of Christ, to see the pain in other people and to move close to them? To have the heart of Christ that fits in it all of everyone's shortcomings. To have the forgiveness that Christ has against those who have hurt us. That's what it means to follow Christ. Anyone can show up to church every Sunday. You heard me say this a couple of Sundays ago. If going to church makes you a Christian, then sitting in a garage overnight makes you a car. It doesn't work that way. So when we follow Christ, we ask ourselves, how does my life measure up to Christ's life? Did Jesus judge? Did he gossip? Did he backstab? Or did he forgive? And some of you may say, Father, these are great things, but how do we accomplish this? How can I really live a life that's like Christ's? Well, it takes two things and a little third thing. So three things. It takes humility, it takes repentance, and it takes us mending our nets every day of our life. The most mundane thing the apostles had to do as they were fishermen every single day was sit there and sew whatever holes were created in their nets. And the fact that they had to do that means they weren't wealthy. They didn't have 15 nets that they could just interchange. They had one net, and they took care of that net. And every day they did what they had to do to keep their business and their livelihood alive. And it's the simple little things, the Monday, the mending of nets, the consistency that God wants to see in us. We don't do a thousand hours of study today, no study tomorrow, another three hours the third day, and then we go to church five Sundays in a row and we don't step up for another five months. We go every single day. Sunday to church every single Sunday to church I'm gonna say it again every single Sunday to church it's summertime now father every single Sunday to church it has to be woven into your life into who you are you put God first on the first day of the week of the first hours of that week, period. Humility and repentance, Christ said it. Learn from me for I am meek and humble in heart and repent and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So our Lord is saying to all of us today, and I'll close here, don't give up. I know our lives many times are the same old mistakes with the same old habits with the same whole flops and failures. Don't give up. Because we will never be sinless and flawless, people. There's no one here today that can tell me, Father, I am sinless. I am perfect. I don't make mistakes. We all keep making mistakes. That's why we keep mending our nets. We're going to keep fixing those areas all our lives. And so, in being humble and recognizing those shortcomings and repenting for those, Christ gave us the key. That's how you mend your nets, and that's how you become my follower. That's You want to be a follower? It's not your, your goodness that's going to get you to heaven. It's your repentance that's going to get you there. How willing you are to say, Lord, I'm just a big Nothing. I'm just a big zero, but with you, I become great. How? Look at the disciples. Fishermen changed the world for 2,000 years. How? Because their hearts were ready and they immediately followed the Lord. So I hope and pray we will today begin to make church part of our life every single Sunday and that we will remember that our holiness, our perfections are not going to get us to heaven. We're going to go to heaven with all of our imperfections and all of our flops and failures, but we're going to ask God's mercy through being humble and repentive. May God bless and keep all of us under his grace and on this auspicious day for all of those who have served in one way or another, this country, we extend our heartfelt thanks. I see to my right, Mr. Plackis, who is truly a, a remarkable human being, and all those who fought and continue to fight for freedom. We pray, as a church, we pray for these people, because they do put their lives in danger for you and I. And we ask God to bring peace on his world. At every liturgy, you hear it. And I ask you today to just say a quick prayer as well in your hearts. God bless and keep you.